0: Hello and welcome to the Commander Theory Podcast. I'm Nick Beatman, and I'm here with my friend Zach mack Hello, theorists. All right, today we're going to be talking about the All Will Be One Commander precons. Uh, there are two associated with the set. One of which is sort of the Phyrexian precon, and the other of which is the the Mirren Rebel precon. So we're going to jump right into it. Before we do, I want to briefly talk about our Patreon head on over to patreon.com slash commander theory you can support the show and get sweet benefits including ad free episodes for as little as one dollar a month if you aren't ready to be a patron yet you can help us out by rating or reviewing us wherever you get your podcasts all right let's start with corrupting influence this is the phyrexian pre-con and uh we're going to start with the The commanders of this precon, and then we'll go into the main deck cards, and then we'll switch over to the rebel precon. So, the face commander of Corrupting Influence is Ixel Scion of Atraxa. Uh, Ixel is one white, black, green for a two five legendary creature, Phyrexian Angel, with Vigilance, Flying, and Toxic Two. Uh, Toxic Two is an ability that means. When this creature deals combat damage to a player, or rather it God. the wording is strange, but essentially, <laughs> yeah. uh, when the creature deals combat damage to a player, they get two poison counters. Um, and then it also has corrupted. At the beginning of your end step, each opponent who has three or more poison counters exiles the top card of their library face down. And we look at and play those cards for as long as they remain exiled. And you may spend mana as though or mana of any color to cast those spells. So uh, we have a deck list, which is going to be in the episode description if you want to check it out. Um, at first, I wasn't in love with this design. I, I still think it's um depend pretty. I mean, it's pretty dependent on what your opponents are doing. Um think that in order to get like several opponents corrupted by the time you drop Ixel, you're going to need to really commit to running a lot of toxic creatures, a lot of infect creatures, and especially the cheap ones so that you can sort of get the poison started in the very early game. Um, And if you go that route, if you like really commit a bunch of deck slots to these infect and poison creatures, um, and toxic creatures, then you're going to be sort of reliant on your opponent's decks to provide like the, the bread and butter kind of stuff, the, the ramp, the removal, the card draw. And so if your opponents are playing like really niche strategies where the cards aren't generally useful, then Ixil loses a lot of its power, um, but if you are just up against a bunch of good stuff decks, then uh, it is kind of sweet that you can kind of offload the staples that you would normally need to play the game onto your opponents, and just focus on just focus your deck more on getting poison counters on people. But what do you think about Ixel?
1: Yeah, I think this this whole deck. Uh and I'm going to come back to this, I just kind of need to see an action a little bit more because, like, this seems like such a weird commander to be your face commander for poison. Like, I understand that they don't want uh, Infect to play as all-in as it was where, like, you just try to kill someone with Infect as fast as possible. Um, Mm -hmm. That just led to, like, some pretty unfair, like, or unfun play patterns, which I get, you know. But this is kind of a weird, like, place to go, for a few reasons like i think corrupted is like a fine mechanic and that like if you want to have like a threshold for things to happen like three poison seems like a fun fair easy one to do but then like the toxic two on the commander is really interesting <laughs> like because i understand if it was toxic three it would be pretty quick to kill somebody like giving it double strike or whatever like is a two hit kill uh, so toxic two is a lot safer but then like you said, you do have to rely on like your early game to get poison on people, because you probably don't want to like wait till turn four start attacking, and then start getting the corrupted trigger. Um, and if that's the case, like having to do a bunch of work, and then your reward being like random cards from the table seems weird. Like maybe it's it's going to be really easy to, um. Corrupt everybody, but I I like have no idea what to think about this card until I play it because I can't imagine a scenario. I guess I'm pretty low on it. That's what I'm gonna say because I can't imagine a scenario where like, uh, I get everyone
0: to three, but then I don't want to just poison them to death. You know? Yeah, the incentives on this card are very strange. Like I, I have played a, a fair bit of poison in yeah. my day. My day. And it's all about stacking up the the poison counters on one person. You really need to knock people out one at a time rather than trying to spread the love, like trying to spread the love and then proliferating them out or something does not work well. You will lose if you do that. And so mm-hmm. it seems to me that like Ixel is encouraging you to go down a line that will result in you losing the game.
1: Um, yeah and and that's that's good it seems like to me too it's like i i understand there's some corrupted rewards that i like in the set and in this pre-con but this is like not one of them because let's say you go through the trouble of uh poisoning two three poison counters the table and maybe that was like you played the rat that gives everyone a poison counter and you proliferate proliferated twice you know like whatever that might be like it doesn't seem that difficult but i'm not sure if that's true or not um then the reward to be you get to play cards from other people's decks as they try to kill you like it seems like unless the the deck is just incredibly underpowered i don't see why people won't just kill you <laughs> like yeah. people fear poison so much that like this reward seems kind of strange like, I know they're trying to rebrand, but this is a weird way to
0: rebrand, in my opinion. Yeah, you know? This is, that, that's absolutely true. People uh, are more afraid of poison than it really deserves. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it can kill you quickly, but, you know, poison's usually good for killing maybe one player. Mm. Maybe two if they're lucky. It's not, it's, it is not easy to kill a table with poison because nobody else is helping you yeah exactly um, and and so i think you're right that like this is going to not, not only is this commander like kind of weak and encouraging you to play in fact in a way that uh will probably not work out for you but you're you're right that you will probably get focused because uh getting poison counters usually creates a lot of anxiety in commander players yeah they're not used of, to, like, yeah
1: yeah they're not used to dying in so few hits they're used to the buffer of 40 life Mm -hmm. and so something about like 10 poison reminds them of their mortality or something like (laughs) it's not not something they're super into all the time so um with kind of with that said do you want to get on to this next commander for the for the deck
0: can i just throw out like a couple of tech pieces for yeah
1: i I totally forgot we didn't do tech
0: (laughs) uh no worries so Worth noting that um, if you do really want to commit to running just a, a million creatures with infecting toxic, um, infect is obviously a, a fair bit better. Um, yeah, <laughs> it just makes it so that you can, if you're running pump, you can scale way, way better to commander. Um, so your uh, there are a couple cards I really like. Um, Cover of Darkness is a nice one. This is one in a black for an enchantment. As it enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. Creatures of the chosen type has fear, which means they can't be blocked except by artifact or black creatures. Um, All of the creatures with Toxic and Infect are Phyrexians or or have been given errata to become Uh, Phyrexians. (laughs) So Cover of Darkness just gives all your guys fear for two mana, which is pretty good at getting them in. Mm -hmm. Um, And then behind the scenes is a kind of obscure card. This is two and a black for an enchantment. Uh, Creatures you control have Skulk, which means they can't be blocked by creatures with greater power. And it has four and a white. Creatures you control get one until end of turn. So as a rule, uh, toxic and infect creatures generally have very low power. Uh, I think the the vast majority of the creatures you might want to run in this deck have like one or two power. Uh, so that is behind the scenes is potentially a good way for you to sneak under a lot of your opponents uh, fatties and stuff so just two good ways to to help you get in with your dudes a little bit more easily but those are the main cards i wanted to highlight i'm happy to move on to the next commander for this deck if you are
1: yeah yeah i guess the the last thing i would say is that this deck uh, as so far as the one we're going to post in the show notes looks a lot like what you would expect a poison like infect deck in Abzan to look like. So there's the infect creatures, there's like a few ways to proliferate. So you'll, it'll look familiar. It'll feel like uh, if you've been poisoning people for a while, it'll feel like home um, looking at some of those cards.
0: <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, let's move on to the next commander. Okay.
0: Uh, this is Vishgraz the Doomhive. It is two white, black, green for a 3 3 legendary creature, Phyrexian insect with Menace and Toxic 1. When Vishkraz the Doomhive enters the battlefield, create three 1-1 colorless Phyrexian Might artifact creature tokens with Toxic 1 and this creature can't block. Vishkraz gets one plus and plus 1 for each poison counter your opponents have. So this is interesting. Normally I'm not super high on ETB creatures, but uh, creatures that ETB and make a bunch of tokens have a lot of combo potential. So if you have a an Eldrazi Displacer, um, or potentially a Nim Death mantle you can combo with this pretty easily. So like let's say you have an Ashnod's Altar and an Eldrazi Displacer, you can sacrifice uh, you can sacrifice two of your three tokens to generate four colorless mana. Activate the Eldrazi Displacer, displace your Vishgraz, It comes back in the battlefield. It gives you three new mites. Uh, your Back where you started except you've got one colors floating and you've got more mites than you started with so if well this is pretty good uh, it gives you infinite guys infinite <laughs> mana <laughs> um you can also swap in as i mentioned you can swap in him death mantle uh sacrificing vishgras and one of his tokens to for get the mana in order to bring vishkraz back with a death mantle that also gives you infinite mana infinite dudes um and then if you this doesn't work with nim death mantle but cart clan Ironworks can sub in for ashnod's altar if you're doing the eldrazi displacer combo um so lots uh or some decent combo potential uh because you're in black you you have you're in a pretty good color for tutoring out combo pieces. Um, outside of those combos, uh, you can just you can try like blinking Vishgraz just to get a bunch of mites um, pretty easily. I don't think mites are very good, at, yeah. <laughs> Like poisoning people to death. Um, toxic one is pretty darn weak but it it is like a lot of sack fodder if that matters it is also just like bodies which work well with like a coat of arms or something um what do you think about vishgras yeah this one i feel
1: super weird about too so i think what the play pattern is going to be like let's say you eschew the combo like play pattern right i think what's going to happen is you end up killing people with commander damage more than you kill them with poison or anything like that and if that's the case like every time you take down a player like your Vishgraz gets small again (laughs) so it just feels kind of weird um like obviously the etb trigger is very strong so i think if you're not going combo route and you are blinking like you're getting a bunch of mites and uh going wide is pretty okay but then like you said, they're not going to be very good at poisoning people because toxic one on a one one that can't block is like incredibly fair. Um, so you're going to have to put in a little more effort to poison people. So you're going to have to play with more of the infect cards that are in, like let's say, like the Excel <laughs> like deck that we're going to post. Um, so it, again, it's like this weird place where I feel like if you do end up going hard on poison then your commander isn't really helping you too much. But maybe just having a huge evasive commander is fine. Like, you just get one person as kind of like your meat bag to make Vishgraz, like, a 9-9 or something. And then you just double strike because you're in Abzan and you have, like, some pretty good equipment and pump and stuff like that. I I, I don't don't
0: don't love that. Like, this is not... If we're evaluating this as a Voltron commander, it has like n- almost none of the traits I would really want. Well, like- it's it's assuming you can poison people somewhat, like
1: assuming it's easy to get everyone to three poison, right? Then it's going to be like a 12 12 until you kill somebody. So I think like a 12 men- 12 a menace for five that gives you three guys is like fine, you know? I think that's good. But then you kill someone and it's a 9 9. So, like, the play pattern is very straight, you know? But you, you see what I'm talking about. Like, I'm not quite sure, like, the push and pull between the two things you want to be doing don't make sense to me, you know? like Yeah. Um, it's just so... It's a weird... Another weird place to be if I was going to make an abzen, like, poison or, like, corrupted commander.
0: Yeah, honestly, like, I agree that there's a lot of tension on this card my inclination is just to ignore the part where that like pumps fish grass, ignore the toxic on fish <laughs> ignore the toxic on the tokens ignore the menace on fish and just focus on well the of the battlefield makes three guys and i can win with that um <laughs> i i i really i think that there's just a lot of meaningless text on this card but
1: yeah that's what it feels that's what it feels like it's gonna play like you know, like you're going to sit there and you're going to have Vish Graz and people are going to read the whole card and they are not really going to need to read the whole card because it doesn't <laughs> really matter or it's not going to matter in most games. So, yeah, again, just a weird, weird commander. So very, yeah. very strange choices. But mm-hmm. um, do you want to get through the,
0: the main deck cards? Sure. Uh, all right. The first one we're going to talk about is Norn's Choir Master. This is three white white for a five four creature Phyrexian Angel with flying and first strike. Whenever a commander you control enters the battlefield or attacks, proliferate. Uh, This is interesting. I think that, like, uh, just comparing price points, uh, five mana is a lot for a proliferate engine. You're looking, you, you could probably expect about one proliferate per turn with this. And for five mana, it doesn't look good stacked up next to like evolution sage or grateful apparition or inexorable tide. Um, there are just other proliferate engines that either give you about the same number of proliferates for cheaper or give you a lot more proliferation for the same cost. So this rate is not super exciting for me. Um, Maybe this I mean this does get a bit better if you have partners because you could potentially get like two attack triggers per turn, two proliferates per turn um so like maybe this is tech for the Keleth and Yoshimaru deck that just mono White put a bunch of like have two partners that get a million counters each, but what? Is, is there any other uses you can think of for this card? Or? Yeah,
1: literally, as we were just talking about this, because I kind of agreed with you. I was like, this seems pretty atrocious compared to, like, even just Grateful Apparition, which, like, if you give a double strike, you're getting multiple proliferates a turn. Mm-hmm. What is a commander that blinks? There's it.
0: Hmm. Uh, well, I guess, like, there is Brago, because if you're doing. Well, no, no, he's not going to blink him. Can he, oh, he blink can himself? blink himself? He can. Yeah, he can blink himself.
1: As yeah, part of the combo, blink himself, hmm. Yeah, Yorion can't blink himself, right?
0: No, well, the, typically you are blinking Yorion because you're setting up like a loop with oh, Yorion and and like a charming prince or something.
1: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Hmm, okay, So, that so could, maybe be there.
0: Yeah, you you still need to have like a significant counter presence in your deck, although, yeah, that. Is easier in those blink commanders because, like, there's probably cards that like come in with some number of counters, you use them up, you blink them with your commander to reset them.
1: So. Oh, Rasputin, that's one that's pretty oh. good. It's a Dreamweaver, or I guess the new one, you just make a crap ton of mana, you know. Um, oh,
0: well, it's
1: it would be a little well, you'd yeah, have to you be give careful. everyone the goblins, yeah. The new, so yeah. yeah, yeah. The the new... Uh, I'm going to read off the new uh, Rasputin for everybody. So the Rasputin, the Oneromancer, is uh, one white-blue for a 4-1 human wizard. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, you put a dream counter on it for each opponent you have. And each opponent creates a 1-1 red goblin creature token. Uh, then he has two activated abilities... Tap, remove one or more dream counters from Rasputin. Add that much colorless. Or tap, remove a dream counter from Rasputin. You create a 2-2 white knight creature token with protection from red. Uh, is this guy bothering you, Queen? That's uh, <laughs> basically what's going on there. So it, the idea being that like uh, the original Rasputin, which enters with seven dream counters that you can remove to make mana or prevent damage to Rasputin um, from Legends, was is, well, is just a wild blink deck, big mana azorius deck which is pretty cool so they tried to get some of that gameplay but fix it um so yeah you do have to watch out for those goblin tokens but there's also fun stuff to do with that so that's we're not talking about that card in this <laughs> review though so we should probably um move oh one last thought on norn's choir master because i'm not going to have that many thoughts on the next few cards um, mm-hmm. it is better i think in one of the other um in one of the other commanders we're going to talk about this episode, then in this deck with the uh, Phyrexians, um, mm-hmm. as there is an experienced counter commander, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, spoiler alert. Yes, go. good point. Um, that does enter the battlefield more than most commanders. So uh, <laughs> with that said, let's. can I read off this next card? Yes, go for it. Yeah, so this is Norn's Decree. Uh, this is an enchantment. It costs three, two, and a white. Uh, so, whenever one or more creatures an opponent controls deals combat damage to you, that opponent gets a poison counter. And then, whenever a player attacks, if one or more players being attacked are poisoned, the attacking player draws a card. So, uh, this, especially if you're like driving or you're concentrating on something else, might be hard to like kind of grok for a second. Basically, when you get attacked, uh, the opponent gets a poison counter. And then when anyone attacks a poisoned opponent, they draw a card. So not just you, just anybody. Um, yeah. How do you feel about this? (laughs)
0: Uh, this gives away a lot of cards and that makes me less excited to run it. Like, I don't think, I mean, I wouldn't run this card outside of a poison deck. Probably. I, I wouldn't run this in a poison deck, but, um, in that context, like I'm going to be trying to poison. Wow. Okay. So in Ixhill, I'm trying to poison a bunch of different opponents. So assuming I'm I'm getting all of my, my opponents corrupted, then Norn's Decree just means like whenever anyone attacks one of my opponents, they draw a card. So yeah, it is def- deflecting attacks away from me. But wow, are my opponents drawing a ton of cards from attacking each other? Um, and it's not like a, uh, and, and yeah, I'm gonna have a g- bunch of guys attacking, but it's, I'm I'm still like getting max one per, like one card per combat step. Yeah. So it's not like I'm able to get a huge advantage of this over my opponents. Like I get to draw one extra card per turn my opponents probably all get to draw one extra card per turn assuming um somebody is is corrupted or somebody's poisoned so that's it just seems like my opponents draw 3 cards to my 1 each yeah. combat step um and i don't value the deflecting attack that much um yeah i'm trying to th- what's the um
1: not uh cut a deal like, one of the reasons that I liked Cut a Deal a lot was because, like, even though everyone's drawing, like, you draw more, that is not the case. That's, like, the opposite here, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Cut a Deal is a sorcery. Each opponent draws a card. Then you draw a card for each opponent who drew this way. um Yeah, it's not, not happening with this one. Everyone else is drawing one every time you draw one, right? So, not the uh, not the best ratio for you.
0: Yeah, and and of course, like people are able to still attack you while they are getting this while getting this trigger. If they just split their attacks between you and a poisoned opponent, then they still get their card and they can beat your face. I don't think it's extremely effective at preventing you from taking damage if that's something you're really worried about.
1: Yeah, because it's really like if a player attacks you. They take four damage like in the abstract. And like that adds up, obviously, but like that's not really a deterrent unless they're at like eight or nine poison, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't really mean anything until really late in the game. Like maybe it's an easy way to get poison counters on people if your meta really wants to attack you <laughs> or something, but um, yeah. just pretty wild. I, I really don't like that the gameplay for this is that, like, it could make the table gang up on someone really easy. So, like, someone gets a poison counter, you play Norn's Decree, just everyone starts beating the crap out of that player. So, I think for, like, a few reasons, this card's not very good, (laughs) you know? Like, Mm -hmm. not only is the gameplay not super powerful for you when you put it in your deck, but it also encourages, like, or can encourage some pretty antisocial table patterns, so... Yeah, I'm just, I'm pretty
0: low on Norn's Decree. Yeah, but let, let's move on to the next card. Um, yeah. So this next one is Geth's Summons. It is two black-black for a sorcery. Return up to one target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield, and then it has Corrupted. For each opponent who has three or more poison counters as you cast this spell, put up to one target creature card from that player's graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. Um, I don't love this i think the so the base case is uh you know just zombifying something from your graveyard but the problem is like in an Ixel deck or even in like a a scytherix deck you're running just a lot of crappy toxic and infect guys like i'm not excited to pay for mana to get back my blight mamba or whatever. Um, I just don't think I have a lot of high value targets in a poison deck because so many of the creatures are just like you're playing them because they are cheap and they can get poison on your opponents in the early game. Uh, But they're just not especially good cards. So the base mode I'm not excited about. And the corrupted mode is... I think fine, but I don't know if I even care that much about my opponent's creature. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's really dependent on what your opponents are doing and even if they have haymakers like those are just going to be slightly less good than they would be in another or getting them is slightly less good than it would be in another deck because you're really focused on winning through infector poison.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so this card reminds me of like dredge the mire which is a three and a black uh sorcery that says uh each opponent chooses a creature in their graveyard and you put them onto the battlefield under your control um so it doesn't let you choose but it is four mana um and the other card that it reminded me of is ghoul's night out which is from i think the one of the last innistrad set commander decks i think it's the zombie one um where it's five mana it's three black black um choose a creature in each graveyard put it onto the battlefield under your control it has decayed um so i played this card a decent amount in uh, my sir conrad deck for a while because i had a jaha done uh the one-eyed who could just get it back over and over again so i could keep kind of recycling everybody's creatures it was pretty fun but one of the things that i've kind of learned about those cards in particular is that they not every deck wants them um and they're often not as good as you want them to be. Like, it's very rare that you're getting something really good from everybody. Even if, like, y- you think of a game of Magic and you're like, oh, yeah, there's all these floaters, there's Eternal Witnesses, there's, like, solemn et cetera, etc., etc. And that just, like, doesn't happen <laughs> for some reason. But I feel like whenever I would play Ghoul's Night Out, I was, like, struggling to get value from certain players because not every deck is very creature focused so if you can do the corrupted mode on this card I think it's worth 4 mana if your deck wants to do that but that's like a lot of caveats and that's basically how I feel about this card mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's a lot of effort and work to do something that your deck might not even want to do so uh, it is 4 mana though so, so speaking of being a low-cost poison card, do you wanna read off this next one? Yes.
0: Uh this next card is Phyresis Outbreak. It's two and a black for a sorcery, each opponent gets a poison counter, then each creature your opponents control, control uh, then each creature your opponents control gets minus one minus one until end of turn for each poison counter its controller has. So uh, the way I think about this card, um I think five ish poison counter is probably the threshold for killing most things um but that is a lot of poison to have on an opponent um if you have that many poison counters on an opponent like well another way to get rid of their permanence is just to kill them (laughs) and i i think i would rather be running a card that makes that a little bit easier rather than running like conditional removal. Um, This does help. I mean, it it is nice that it gives your opponents a poison counter and helps a little bit, but there's also cards out there that could, you know, if this card proliferated instead, it would give a poison counter to each opponent probably. Um, or, Or there's just other things you could be running to help your deck really dish out the poison counters more and, and just kill him. I, I don't know i i think i want my i don't like it when my removal is conditional um mm-hmm. i think that's part of the reason i'm, I'm not in love with this card because maybe i just got a really slow start maybe i got a just was not able to get a lot of poison on my opponents in the early game with my excel deck and then now my opponents have a bunch of blockers and my foursis outbreak in my hand doesn't do anything that's kind of the the situation i'm worried about
1: yeah. I think that I would still play this in a poison deck though, because even if like you even if you don't have a lot of poison on somebody, getting minus one, minus one, or minus two, minus two on the player who like you weren't able to infect early still lets your like crappy creatures get in there better. So I, I think I'm I would still just play this in an infect deck if I was gonna do that. Um and the upside of like you pay three they get minus four, minus four, minus six, minus six to their board. And then you just kill them after that is like pretty good to me. So I'm, I'm okay with the f- floor being really low when the ceiling is like three minute. I killed them, <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess. So yeah, I'm, I, I do agree. It's a, it's a silly card. It's kind of a cool design. I'm not quite sure what they could have done to make it like more appealing, you know, mm. but I, I, I think I will play this in poison decks and that is it and I think that's probably what their intent was with it. <laughs> um can I read off this next card?
0: Yes, go for it.
1: Yes, we are nearing the end of this uh this decks card, so this is a silly one. This is Contaminant Grafter. So Contaminant Grafter is a five five Phyrexian Druid for five mana, four and a green it has Trample, Toxic 1, and whenever one or more creatures you control deal combat damage to one or more players, proliferate. Uh, then it has Corrupted at the beginning of your end step. If an opponent has three or more poison counters, draw a card, and then you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield. So, uh, a 5-5 five, five for 5 with Trample and Toxic that proliferates when you hit in combat. and. Explorers and uh i don't know but puts a what's the what, there is there even just a card that puts a land onto the battlefield from your hand what would that be yeah it's like it's a, like a it, card. It,
0: it growth spirals
1: growth spirals okay yeah oh yeah, yeah. Duh. um but i was thinking of like draw a card as a cantrip i'm like how i would pay this much for a cantrip <laughs> like how much would i pay to put the land um but yeah, how do you feel about this? This is uh it's a goofy one.
0: Yeah, it's one of those cards where it's just a lot adding a lot of little bits of value together um and then charging you five mana for it. I from playing the or from just like gold fishing a little bit with Ixel, um I think that I I prefer like the cheaper proliferators and the cheaper toxic creatures. Like five mana is a lot. I kind of want to get my thing going before I even drop Ixel, so that I can draw some cards immediately that the first end step that she's down. I I think this is a little bit more mana than I really want to pay for this effect. Um, But I guess it is kind of like another copy of your commander in a sense um like you well no you're only getting one card per turn yeah yeah i I don't love it i think it's just a little bit too expensive for what it does i would be more excited if this was like a two two or a three three for three mana um Mm -hmm. i i just don't i feel like i'm paying a premium for the stats and i don't care about the stats
1: Mm -hmm. I, i see what you're talking about yeah, um,
0: but what do you think about it? That?
1: Um, that's a great question. So I don't hate this. I think that you are still getting your mana's worth even at five because I think it's reach in your poison deck. Like, if you can get in there and proliferate, like, you can kill the person that has, like, too much defenses up. Um, So I think that is still good on top of like the card flow which even though it's admittedly low this feels like the kind of card that like you cast it you hit somebody you get the proliferate you get the corrupted trigger um and then from that turn forward you just kind of aren't worried about anything anymore like there's usually those turns of tension in like a game of commander where like someone's kind of taking off or like maybe they're not going super fast about it but like someone's definitely taking the lead um and you can feel like you're falling behind and i feel like this card like pushes you forward like nudges you forward enough that you don't fall behind all the way so i like i see what you're talking about like i would rather this just mostly be the proliferate engine and it be like two or three mana you know like get an extra proliferate a turn but i don't know i think i'd still would play it in like a excel deck or something if i was gonna do that and this is another reason why this deck like perplexes me so much i'm like is this worth it (laughs) like i think my inclination on this one is yes even though like i know yours sounds like it's no but i don't know if i'm right (laughs) which is how most of this these cards feel for me
0: (laughs) yeah it's not a slam dunk in either direction um I don't think I want to run it, but I also am not like incredibly confident in that. Um, yeah, it does it's it's certainly weird. offer some value.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's definitely value. This next one too, if we can get onto the next card, is I feel pretty much the same way. I'm like, do I want, <laughs> do I want to jump through this hoop? Like, is this hoop worth yeah. it? Um, so this is Gliss's Retriever. This is a six-six Phyrexian Beast for six mana. So five and a green. It has haste. Toxic 3. There you go. That's that's what I want to see. Uh, and it says, Glissa's Retriever can't be blocked by creatures with power 2 or less. Okay, sure. You know, whatever. Uh, and it has a Corrupted Trigger. When Glissa's Retriever dies, exile it. When you do, return up to X target cards from your graveyard to your hand, where X is the number of opponents who have 3 or more poison counters. So, like, the the best-case scenario, you're playing a four-player game, they all have three poison, you hit them once with your glisses Retriever each, um, and then it dies and you get back three cards. Um, hmm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like,
1: hmm. That's how uh, I feel I,
0: about this. Yeah, I like that it sets you up to get at least one regrowth, like... I think you can probably surprise one player the turn you drop this and get some counters on them. Um, So, that's cool, Um, but I don't love paying six mana just to get a few poison counters on someone. Um, And, like, okay, it's cool that it gives you a little bit of an insurance policy if it dies, but that's I, like I don't think it's gonna stick around forever or like avoid being chump blocked forever, mm-hmm. and I think that you can get more poison counters on people if you start if you play something on turn two and just swing in consistently yeah. as opposed to waiting until turn six when people have you know developed their boards or probably like have some removal available. Um. Uh, I, I just don't love this card. I don't think you really want to be focusing on the high end toxic creatures.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I think like this card in particular, like the floor is you had a six, six hasty guy that dies and then you don't mm-hmm. get any cards <laughs> back. Like, that doesn't seem good or worth it to me so
0: i, I think that know? that i think that worst case scenario is not super likely to happen cuz i think mm-hmm. if you're if you're playing this guy it's going to be in a poison an, deck a, a poison yeah. deck and so like ideally you'll have you know corrupted at least one opponent by that point but yeah i really need to see how easy it is to get someone
1: corrupted right like getting to 3 poison is it just trivial? So all these cards are always like max value or is it like actually difficult, (laughs) you know, that's going to change
0: these cards massively. Yeah. I think getting one opponent corrupted is not that hard. Just like, and I'm going off of just kind of like gold fishing with Ixol. Oh yeah. I think getting three opponents corrupted actually does sound like quite challenging.
1: Yeah. That's a chore. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, well, then I stand by my uh, negative review of Gliss's Retriever. <laughs> um, but this next one, I think, is very polarizing between me and you. I think this is the card we had the biggest uh, difference on, and this is uh, Wormquake. So, do you want to read this one real
0: quick? Yeah, the Wormquake is four green, green for sorcery, it has corrupted. Create an XX green Phyrexian Worm creature token with Trample and Toxic 1 where X is the amount of mana spent to cast the spell. Then for each opponent with three or more poison counters, you create another one of those tokens. And as flashback for 8 green green. Um, I don't love this card. <laughs> I love um, this card. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so much fat for a deck that doesn't care that much about dealing damage like your deck more cares about getting poison on your opponents and like toxic one is on a six mana card is the worst way to do that um granted like you're not going to get just one guy if you're casting this on six you've probably gotten at least one opponent corrupted by then um but still like it's just the kind of card that is going to make it so that even if, like, you know, nobody removes these guys, you get to beat in, you're killing people with damage rather than with poison, which is, like, okay, I get... I mean, <laughs> it's, it's just, like, not what your deck is trying to do at all. Well, that's it, it's, that's, it's, that's it's, what
1: I mean where, like, I don't know what these decks are trying to do, because this is, like, such a strong reward for getting people to three poison, but then, like, not killing them <laughs> with poison. Like Casting this, if you, like, let's say it is easy to get everyone to three poison then you cast this and for six mana you get 24 power and then if you ever cast it again for the flashback you have 40 power or like 20 between like 20 and 40 power of Mm worms so like like that's like wild that's a crazy ratio like of, of bodies and power toughness to mana that you're spending um but like can you do that? can you can you get everyone corrupted like and then if you are corrupting people like is the deck not trying to win with poison so like i again i just i feel like these decks have an identity crisis where like are they just trying to poison you enough so the cards work or are they trying to kill you you know
0: yeah i can actually i can shed a tiny bit of light on this because i kind of asked cory bowen about like what the heck is is ixel trying to do <laughs> um, and he was nice enough to respond to me. Oh. Um, so he said uh, poison kills can be unsatisfying. Um, this deck uses early poison cards to corrupt your opponents, then spends the rest of the game drawing cards from decks that are better in the late game and are less likely to kill with poison. Um, you can still win with poison with this deck and the Commanders Within, but we wanted to design a pattern where this wasn't the default in every game. So I don't really know.
1: Yeah. So it sounds like how- the second case or, or my first case, I guess where it was like, you just get them corrupted and then play your game, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which is funny. <laughs> it's what a it's weird just place. like,
0: I, I know it's like it, this is not satisfying for the poison fans. If it's designed specifically so that you don't get to win with poison, like, the, the fun part of poison isn't, like, putting counters on my opponents. It's killing them really fast because the damage scales well to commander. Um, so, so, like, you're... It, it's just... It feels like poison counters aren't even poison at that point. They're just, like, a marker yeah. to turn on my cards. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and it's you could have like done that with counters. anything. Exactly, Yeah. yeah. Um yep. That's that's lame, I think. That sucks. I <laughs> No, yeah, I I'm I
1: don't disagree. I think it's just a weird like I understand like that poison is polarizing. I understand that infect was like massively polarizing, but like that's a uh, This gameplay's got to be pretty fun, you know? <laughs> like to <laughs> to make me want to do these things. Uh you better these cards better just explode the table with joy, you know, just like everybody's having a great time. Cause otherwise, like, why what, what what am I doing? Like yeah. what is the game plan here? So yeah, I guess uh we have one more
0: card for this deck. Do you wanna talk about this one? Oh please, yes. Uh so this is Glistening Sphere. It's three mana for an artifact. It enters the battlefield tapped. When it enters the battlefield proliferate it taps to add one mana of any color and then it has corrupted tap add three mana of any one color activate only if an opponent has three or more poison counters. Uh, I think this is the most compelling poison reward I've seen so far. Yeah. Um, We haven't seen the full set at this point, but we've seen the vast majority of it. so I, uh, this might just be the best poison reward in both the pre cons and the main set. Um, If you are investing in cheap, evasive, infect and toxic creatures, then it really shouldn't be too hard to get somebody to the corrupted threshold by the time this is active on turn four. Like, just imagine I play a Plague Stinger on turn two. Turn three, I hit somebody with it. Then I play Glistening Sphere and proliferate. Then on turn four, I untap with my Glistening Sphere. I hit somebody with, or hit that player with the Plague Stinger again. Now they're corrupted. My Glistening Sphere taps for three mana on turn four. That, and now I have seven mana out of nowhere. Um, That seems really good. That seems (laughs) perfectly achievable given the, at least the number of cheap, toxic, and infect guys I'm running in my list. Um, This just, I'm happy with this card. I think it's a very good reason to run Poisoner Infect.
1: Yeah, this is mega pushed, and I, I really have been thinking about, like, is it worth it even playing it if you don't get the three mana, too, just because the ETB proliferate is, like, pretty wild? Um, Like, I can only imagine, like, what you can make happen with, like, a Goblin Welder and this. And, like, even, like, what if you also have the Corrupted trigger on it, so you're, like, proliferating... I don't know. That's magical Christmas land, but this card is absolutely like, I think the best reward that this deck had to offer. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm very excited to see it. So um, with all that said, do you want to do final thoughts on this deck now, or do you want to do them later?
0: Uh, Let's do it now.
1: Yeah, let's do it. So uh, now that we've seen the, the deck list is online. We've seen the new cards for this deck. How do you feel about this uh, corrupting influence commander deck? Um
0: i am not crazy about it like typically when yeah. i'm buying if i'm buying a precon um it it's because the value is good and and I don't think the value is there for this particular deck um like infect and poison creatures are not good <laughs> um and they're not in high demand in commander generally um so you're not getting a lot of value there there's just also not really much in the way of staples in the deck um i i think rather th- than i think i would just buy the singles like if i really want an XL, i would get an XL. i don't even know if i want i don't even know if i would want to run Vishgraz in my excel deck um yeah. <laughs> I I don't think I would. (laughs) Yeah. uh, I I think I would just buy singles and and save myself some money. Um, Glistening sphere is cool, but also I given that there's like maybe two decks in the format that actually want to run it. um, I'm not too worried about being able to pick one of these up by itself.
1: Yeah, that's definitely true. I, I agree with that. I, I feel the same. I mean, I, this is mostly echoing what I've said throughout this whole like card by card look but it just seems like really weird it seems like uh if i play it maybe it'll make a little bit more sense but just from a first glance like they wanted just you to be able to play poison without people hating you but both of the commanders seem like really disjointed because of that and the play style seems like really strange the incentives seem very strange um like maybe we do get more poison commanders in the near future with the phyrexia like all will be one or the what is it march of the
0: march of the machines
1: march of the machines yeah um there's too many crossover universe things in my head i was like what's it <laughs> not multiverse Is the which one um and maybe this is just what infect X are going to look like now, or they're just kind of like weird and disjointed and asking you to do like two or three different things. But uh, I kind of wish they were a little bit more streamlined. I kind of wish it was just like, do X, and you're like, yes, where X is like poisoning someone, you know? Yeah. Like that would have been more even if it was just like really really leaning into like proliferate or something right like that first poison is the most important and then you just kind of play your game plan after that like i would have enjoyed that a lot more than like this like if i corrupt all of them my commander's a 12 <laughs> 12 and then i can mm-hmm. kill them with commander damage, damage but then he's yeah. a 9 9 and you're like oh god what why
0: so i yeah, yeah. I, i'll just my Last thought on this deck is just as somebody who like likes poison, this is extremely disappointing. It feels like, um, it just feels like it. It's not even a poison deck if it's not supposed to win with poison. Um, Oh yeah, (laughs) that's that's really disappointing. Like, make a product for the person it's intended for. Don't make a product to make everyone else happy. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like maximize the pleasure that somebody who likes poison will get out of it rather than trying to worry about what other people are going to think. Who cares? That's not, they're not going to buy the deck anyway. Yeah. Make, it, that's make me want to buy the deck. Make me want to buy the deck. I'm I'm supposed to be your target audience and I'm not excited by it.
1: Yeah. That, and that's the thing. Like, I'm not sure if this excites anybody, you know, like, like I'm not a new player anymore by any means, but like, I feel like it, Sometimes I can look at a card and go like, oh yes, a new player would love this. And when I look at these cards, I'm like, would I love this? <laughs> like, I'm not sure if I don't know, maybe maybe maybe. I don't know. Maybe there's just some mythical new commander player out there where these cards massively appeal to them. And like I just don't know who this human is yet. I have not met this like archetype of human, but seems strange you know seems weird to me mm-hmm. yeah. um but we have another deck to get through do you want to do you want to actually can I read off this first one go for it uh, yeah it.
0: so this yeah this is rebellion rising this is the uh Boros precon it's it's sort of like a Mirren Rebel style precon but go ahead and read off this first commander
1: yes yeah, so the rebels get a deck um and it is red white and it is uh, headed first i think the face card is naali sun's vanguard so naali is a three three human rebel for four mana two red white um and they have two uh, pretty simple things in their text box it says attacking tokens you control have double strike uh so that's already enough for me i'm already in uh and then whenever one or more tokens you control attack a player exile the top card of your library during any turn you attacked with a token you may play that card Um, so a little bit of value tacked on there. I feel like back in the day, this would have just been like Jorkadine 1.0 where they just had that first line of text and I would have just been, (laughs) I would have been happy with that, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like that, the impulse draw, like, heck yeah, I'm going to take it, but you already had me, you had me at, uh, you had me at hello, you know?
0: Oh for for me I'm the reverse like I got oh, really? excited by the prospect of drawing three cards per combat. Oh that's funny. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh okay, double strike whatever. I <laughs> I don't care about these tokens at all. If they die, they die." Um but yeah, this is a pretty exciting commander. Um I think it's not especially hard to get at least two tokens attacking on turn 4 when you um when you drop Neali so, uh, it, I mean, you probably won't be able to play the cards that turn, but whatever, you'll play them on subsequent turns. Um, there, I, I mean, the cards in this deck are going to be ones you're familiar with if you played any other token deck. Um, Adeline's good here, like Goblin Rabble Master, Le- Legion War Boss, um, lot, just anything that can either repeatedly make tokens or makes a big burst of tokens at once uh, going to be great here. You can run, there, there are plenty of decent pump effects in this glory identity. Um, you know, shared animosity, glory of warfare, things like that. But I don't even know if it matters. I I've just kind of planned to play this deck as if, um, my tokens will die every single combat. And I mm-hmm. will just choose not to care about it because I've got many more tokens in reserve. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said you can mitigate it a little bit uh, or like mitigate your token loss there are things like dolmen gate which is two mana artifact prevent all combat damage that would be dealt to attacking creatures you control you can run things that'll give your guys evasion or um you can run like eros god of victory or whatever that has a dolmen gate effect on it and gives your guys menace um there's uh lots you can do with this extra combat step effects of course are um it's pretty there's a lot of them in this color identity and they just make it so you draw even more cards off your commander uh oh and i have to mention that probably the best card in this deck is breath of fury um Breath of Fury is two red red for an enchantment aura. Enchant creature you control. When enchanted creature deals combat damage to a player, sacrifice it and attach Breath of Fury to a creature you control. If you do, untap all creatures you control, and after this phase, there is an additional combat phase. So if you just have a bunch of tokens, uh, and at least one, and you're able to get in at least one opponent, you can just uh, put the Breath of Fury on one of your tokens, and then get combat steps equal to the number of tokens you have pretty darn strong uh i i, I think this is a, a neat deck it's a un, unlike the poison deck this is a great reward for people who love playing with tokens and i think they'll be very excited by it
1: yeah i i think like i said like giving tokens double strike the reason why that like enticed me i think uh both of us would go about building the deck the same way i just would be interested in this match a little bit more than you because like all you have to do like i think my favorite part about this deck is you play a dictate of heliod you play mm-hmm. a glory of warfare and all of a sudden your board of one ones is dealing like
0: six damage y-
1: yeah l- like per guy that you got so like you have four guys they're each dealing six damage that's someone's basically de- like they have to wrath right like you're you're not just saying like like, oh, you know, I got some guys, like every single card that you play is a threat, like a mortal threat to the person sitting across from you. So that about this deck is really fun. And the fact that it like pays you back for doing it, like super into this. I think this is a really cool commander. um And I love all of the, all the stuff in combination. This is like the most Boros, like commander they've printed in a very long time. <laughs>
0: Yeah, this is uh, very sweet. I'm very pleased with this commander. Um, And I am ready to move on to the next one. If you don't have anything else you want to say about her.
1: No, I have a lot more to say about the next one. (laughs) So let's move on.
0: Uh, The next one is Othari Sun's Glory. It is three red-white for a 3-3 legendary creature Phoenix with flying lifelink and haste. Whenever Othari attacks... Uh, you get an experience counter. Then create a 2-2 red rebel creature token that's tapped and attacking for each experience counter you have. Then it also has two red-white tap and untapped rebel you control. Return Othari from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped. Uh, it, you seem excited about this. Please tell me, uh, what do you want to oh, do yeah. with Othari? Yeah, so this... Uh,
1: I think the tech for this deck is going to be proliferate cards, which is really funny uh, because the other deck is the Phyrexian deck. Um, And then, like, red damage, board wipes. Um, And then there are some uh, rebels that you actually do kind of want to play. In particular, with the damage wipes, there's Chomana Revolutionary, who's a 2-2 for three, white -white. white-white. Prevent all damage that would be dealt to him. Uh, So you can, like, wipe the board... And then on someone's end step, pay for and tap Chomano to get your Phoenix back. Um, and the reason why that's good is because you're there's so many. Like the fact that the two twos are tied to experience means that, like, much like the last commander, like every time you your commander comes down, like it's an ex- it, it gets closer and closer to being an existential threat to somebody. So again, like if you play like a Glory of Warfare. And you attack with Athari. Not only are you like gaining five life because of the flying lifelink haste, you're also like putting in anywhere from like one to five four twos, and like out of nowhere, <laughs> like that's a lot of damage that you can just keep doing. You never have to pay commander tax as long as you can keep getting your uh, rebels back. Um, and there aren't many good ones i think honestly most of the good rebels are attached to equipment (laughs) now like there's a revile squad which i think is really funny which is a three three for four it's a two white white from uh, everyone's favorite set prophecy um and it says when you're attacked if revile squad is untapped you may untap all creatures you control this is basically like kind of weird pseudo vigilance but you can tap uh revel at the end of someone's turn, so like all your surviving rebels basically can block for you there. Um there's a few other ones that are fine, but if you can proliferate this even a little bit, so say with the uh that one what is it, Norn's Choir master who I was talking about before from the last deck, that whenever your commander ETBs or attacks, you get an experience counter. Well this commander is ETBing and attacking
0: probably more turn
1: yeah probably more or or like uh in end step disjointed, you know, like mm-hmm. end step pay for tap my guy, Authority's back, proliferate on my turn, attack, proliferate, so right there you go from two to four experience, <laughs> just for the treble, which is eight more guy like eight more power, four more guys, and so just this seems like it's gonna be a nightmare for like uh low power commander tables. Um mm-hmm. and I'm pretty into it for a lot of the same reasons I'm
0: into uh Naali, just like the beats are insane, you know. One thing to note is uh that you can run the there are a handful of experience counters, experienced counter commanders in red white, there's Calumny and there's Kelsian. So you could potentially run this in the main deck of one of those as sort of just like a a like kind of a proliferate engine just to get more. Experience counters for your main dude, uh and then also just like a way to get more value out of the experience counters you've accrued from your commander mm-hmm. so that's that's neat uh I don't think there's uh a, a huge amount of tech for this deck other than just like proliferators and a handful of decent rebels um, yeah, I think it's just gonna be like you know beating with your commander and pumping your rebels
1: yeah uh, yes yeah the gameplay is incredibly one-dimensional and simple yeah <laughs> you you make a bird bird attacks guys attack if bird dies you make a guy to make a bird and yeah. that's pretty much it
0: well I, I hope people enjoy that but uh I, yeah. I don't think it's of the two i definitely like Naali a lot more as the commander for this deck. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah i totally get that um I definitely know people that like this gameplay, so I'm... uh, Actually, I should text them. (laughs) I should be like, hey, how do you feel about this guy? Now that it's probably been long enough. Um, But let's get into the main deck cards. Can I read off this first one and you get into it? Yes, go for it. So this is Clever Concealment. So this is a white instant with mana value of 4. Clever Concealment costs 2 white-white. It says any number of target non-land permanents you control phase out. And it has Convoke. So... Oh, so this costs anywhere from four to zero mana, depending on how many guys you leave untapped.
0: Yeah, this is uh very exciting. Um I I two mana or less is kind of like the sweet spot for board protection. Like I kind of think of these kinds of cards as like a very I mean, it's a very narrow counter spell. Um and typically I only want to be paying two mana for a counter spell. So i mean potentially paying zero mana is extremely sweet um i don't think it's t- I, I don't know if i would go for the full four every time unless like tapping four guys every time unless my commander provided uh vigilance or i was just playing a deck that really wasn't interested in attacking but had a bunch of guys on the board but i think it's not hard to get to have like just two guys untapped, like. Assuming you're playing creatures regularly, um, or you have some random utility guys like a Weathered Wayfarer or something, I I think it's not too hard to offload at least some of the cost onto your creatures, and then just make it so that you only have to keep a, a little bit of mana up to protect your board. Um, I, I think this is a neat card. It's it's no flawless maneuver, but it I like it more than i mean any of the like three mana protect your board spells
1: yeah no i i think it's close enough to be really good like the fact that like if i am playing this in one of these boros decks like i attack with my krenko Tin street Tin street kingpin or something you know like just whatever token producer and all of a sudden this is a two mana card you know like mm-hmm. it, that or now it's
0: well yeah yeah yeah
1: it's just a white white or or like you you any sorcery speed token production which are usually the bigger ones right like usually when you cast uh one of the sorcery speed like token producer spells it's like a little bit more oomph it's like a spectral procession or something like that so like you cast spectral procession on your turn you pass this is a one mana card <laughs> like they go to board wipe and this is a one mana card you know like that to me sells it right there i'm like oh cool like this rule (laughs) this this is awesome so um yeah i'm always down for this this seems like one of the better versions that we've gotten since flawless maneuver because i just don't want to pay three for this like those clunky instants that they printed for so many sets in a row like i don't i don't want to do that and they would always like tack on like your creatures get plus one, plus oh, or something like that. It's like, no, mm-hmm. you're missing... No, come on, you're missing the point. Or, or
0: put a plus, or plus one counter on your guys if you cast yeah. this, like, on your turn. Like no, Yeah, no, it's
1: it. like, no, I don't I don't care. <laughs> come on. But that said, uh, can I read off this next card? Yep. So this is Glimmer Lens. So this is an artifact equipment. It's a white equipment. Uh, it costs one and a white. So a mana value of two... Glimmer Lens has a new ability I, th- I don't think we've talked about it yet. Uh, it says, For Mirrodin, with the exclamation point. Uh, and what that means is when the equipment enters the battlefield, you create a 2-2 red rebel creature token and then attach it to this. Um, so This is what I was talking about, where most of the good rebels these days are attached to equipment. I meant that quite literally. Um, <laughs> most old rebels are over not, not good. They have like expensive activated abilities to get other Over costed bad creatures, but these ones are this is pretty good. So for Mirrodin, it's a two two for two basically, and it says uh whenever equip creature and at least one other creature attack, draw a card, and it has an equip of one and a white. So if you don't want to keep it on your two two, you can pay one and a white to move it around. So, all that said, Glimmer
0: Lens, how do you feel about it? Uh so there are a couple decks that this slots into extremely easily um so in akiri 2.0 the equipment loving akiri um this is exactly the kind of card that deck wants to run it just wants cards that have like the creature and equipment in a single concentrated into a single card like Mm -hmm. curving this into akiri is sweet you draw a card and then you draw even more cards in future turns um seems great uh i would probably also just like I keep this in the deck if i was like buying the precon to build naoli um it is a token you will probably have other creatures to attack with seems fine other than that other than like the few tokeny or the few equipment ish commanders uh i'm not totally sure where this fits into the format um if you want card draw on an equipment you can just run Mask of Memory or like some kind of sword to get value yeah. more easily. Maybe, maybe in like Gwyn, Sir Gwyn, um, yeah, you could run this because it's like you'll have when Sir Gwyn comes down, you, you'll be able to equip it to a knight for free, and then you could probably draw multiple cards off of it, like one from the Gwyn trigger and then one from the Glimmer lens itself. That might be okay. Mm-hmm. Um or actually I guess you could just keep it on, right? Let me let me see the exact text for Sergwin. She doesn't care if it's your knights that are equipped, right? I don't think so. I think she just makes it easier for them. Oh knights. yeah, whenever an equipped creature you control attacks, you draw a card and lose one life. Okay. Yeah. yeah so I, I would probably consider running this in Sergwin. Um because she, she's another commander that like wants you to have the equipment and creature in a single package. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, other than that, I don't really know where I'd put this. What do you think?
1: Uh, I pretty much agree. I think that if you want an equipment to draw cards, this is not really the best place to do that. But if you want an equipment that's a guy, then that's a lot more meaningful. So like you said, Neali Akiri 2.0, uh, even like SRAM. Cause like, if you're not comboing with SRAM, like SRAM just kind of is like a pile of stuff and sometimes you win. Um, this is like a blocker and or attacker that draws you a card and then might draw you more cards after that. Um, same with like, uh, like Kembas and stuff like that. So I think if you're just playing, um, any of the non-Ballon, like white equipment guys, uh, then this is probably fine. You know, like Brunor, you made a Brunor deck or something. Like, <laughs> this is probably fine. So it's not super exciting, but I think it has places. You know, there's some commanders that are going to want this.
0: Sure. Uh, moving on to the next. For mirrodin card this is kemba's banner it's three and a white for an artifact equipment it has four mirrodin so when it enters you create a two two and slap it on uh, equipped creature gets plus, or plus one for each creature you control and it has a quip for two and a white i think this card is too fair to be exciting <laughs> um i don't i don't know if slapping a token onto a pen and blade is enough to make it commander playable. Um, (laughs) So I don't know if you have more thoughts about this, but I am not planning to run this in any of my
1: decks. Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. It's, it's really cool that they named it Kemba's banner. So you don't have to think about the one deck that you wanted to play it in, and then you can just uh, pass over it in your uh, bulk rares. (laughs) You can just keep on scrolling, you know, yep yeah you put in your kemba deck and then you're that's it because <laughs> you know, there's not really anyone else that wants this um and, and i'm being like overly critical like it, if you like this card that's that's fine and good and i think like big smash go wide equipment decks are things that people do like to do but again it's like a bruno or it's a kemba 1.0 you know that kind of thing Mm -hmm. i'm not really gonna like you said i'm not putting this in
0: any of my decks right now unlike this next card oh a good good transition good segue (laughs) uh this is staff of the storyteller it is one and a white for an artifact when it enters the battlefield create a one one white spirit creature token with flying whenever you create one or more creature tokens put a story counter on staff of the storyteller and you can pay one white or rather a single white and tap it and remove a story counter from tap of the from staff of the storyteller to draw a card. So, it's cheap. It makes a guy. It potentially draws cards over the long term. Um, maybe this could be good in like Adeline for Splendid and Cathar, because uh, that deck wants to drop creatures on turns one and two, so that when you dr- drop Adeline on turn three, you can immediately start getting your tokens. Um, and this is. So that fulfills that basic requirement of like creating a creature on one turns one or two, and Adeline is going to be making tokens every single turn, so you'll be able to get story counters on it, and it's just like a source of gas in the long run, so I think that makes sense um what do you think about this potentially in like other token builds, other decks what are yeah, your
1: thoughts? so my like initial thought was that. Any deck that wanted like a Twilight Drover probably also wants this. The so Twilight Drover is a, a three mana 1-1 one, one Spirit. So it costs two and a white. And it says whenever a creature token leaves the battlefield, put a plus one plus one counter on Twilight Drover. And then two and a white remove a plus one plus one counter from Twilight Drover. Create two one one Spirit creature tokens with flying. So kind of like creates this loop there. So I think like if you're playing like a Millicent where you're going to be making like a ton of spirits or tokens or something like that, um, like a uh, what's his name Benny Brax, the new guy from uh, Streets of New Capena, the special, mm. not in a actual commander deck commander card, um, so stuff like that um, I think is really good. Like in, anywhere you're going to be making a ton of tokens, a Felisa, a Fang of Silver Quill. Probably gonna do that, and again, this is like you said, it's two mana, it's an evasive token, draws you cards later. Like, the floor is so high on this card that I'm gonna be looking for places to play it kind of anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and and I'll be pretty pretty happy about it. So, um, I don't really have too much more to too much more to say about it. I'm just I think it's a cool card,
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. But, no worries. Uh, uh you want to move on to the next one. Sure. Yeah, so this is uh, the
1: first red card from this deck. It's called Gold Warden's Gambit. Uh, so this is a red sorcery for eight mana, <laughs> uh, six red red. But it has affinity for equipment, so it costs one generic less for each equipment you control. Um, and boy, howdy, do you want to be playing equipment if you're playing this card? So it says, create five 2-2 red rebel creature tokens. They gain haste until end of turn, Uh, And then for each of those tokens, you may attach an equipment you control to it. So um, like, let's say you have a deck, uh, a red deck that has like four to five, hopefully five equipment in play already. When you cast this, this is just a three mana make 10 power of haste that automatically gets buffed because of your equipment. So that seems pretty good and pretty worth it to me um there's also just other applications for this i think you had a, a really good suggestion for this one
0: yeah so i was thinking a uh, togo goblin weaponsmith that's the partner commander it's red um, and it has landfall make a rock uh equipment token which is um equips for one and has one tap sacrifice rock to deal two damage to any target so it's extremely easy to accrue lots of rocks in that deck, especially if you have like pair it with a green partner. Um, so you can end up casting gold warden's gambit for, you know, two or three mana very easily. And you just get five guys at a very low cost. And you also get to cheat the equip costs on all those rocks. So yeah. that seems pretty solid.
1: Yeah, no, that one's pretty good. I, kind of again like the to me i i thought immediately of like the red boros commanders the akiri 2.0 the brunor um kind of they, they just for whatever reason the last like 3 or 4 years they keep printing the like boros vaguely cares about equipment commander and like i think this is pretty good in most of those so if you have any of those kind of uncommon uh Equipment commanders. This is probably a fine card for those. Uh, the other one I was thinking of was like if if you made a Chishiro, the Shattered Blade from um the Kamigawa Neon Dynasty commander decks. Um, so that's like the the, the weird gruel modified guy. Um, you probably play enough equipment f- to make this good. Um, and the other one was Dalicos. Those were the ones I was really thinking about because Dalicos Crafter of Wonders is um, a 2-4 for 3. Uh, 1 blue-red. It says tap, add 2 generic mana. Spend this mana only to cast artifact spells or activate abilities of artifacts and equip creatures you control at Flying and Haste. Um, I really like this guy. Is just kind of like a big artifact commander, but whenever I see him in the wild, people are really leaning into that equipment theme, so I feel like that's probably like a place we'll end up seeing that, you know... Um. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, the the Rayovs, the Brunors, the Akiri—that's kind of where I was thinking of for this card. I think it's it's cool. I I like when they print cards like this. Like this this is seems like an actual reward for playing a bunch of equipment. You know?
0: Yeah, I'm. I think it's pretty neat. Definitely a niche card. Yeah, Um, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Yeah. Um, Let me move on to the next one. This is Hexplate Wallbreaker. Uh, it is three red red for an artifact equipment. It has four mirrored So when it enters a battlefield, you make a two, two and slap it on. Equipped creature gets plus two, plus two. Whenever equipped creature attacks, if it's the first combat phase of the turn, untap each attacking creature. After this phase, there is an additional combat phase, and it has equip for three and a red. So uh, this is a type of design we've seen before, but... Unlike Aurelia the War Leader, uh, Morag, or Karlak, it doesn't kick in on the first turn, which makes me a bit skeptical of it in most aggro lists. I think if if you aren't, say, like giving it haste or something, it just sort of presents a target for your opponents and says, like, things are going to get very bad for you next turn, so watch out. Um, There are. Some decks like Naali and uh, Jorkadine 1.0, Jorkadine the Prevailer, that can get some additional value from the weird characteristics of this card. Just like the fact that it is both an equipment and a guy in one, or the fact that it's an artifact in addition to being a creature. Um, probably I think I would probably run it in like Akiri 2.0, the equipment Akiri. Um, or Sir Gwyn, just because like getting an extra combat step in those decks also means you draw a bunch of extra cards um, Arden and the other equipped cost cheaters can get value out of this card immediately like you can just cast hex play Warbreaker go to combat Arden puts this onto something that can attack this turn and you get your extra combat step immediately um, any other Thoughts on Hexplate Warbreaker or Wallbreaker?
1: Yeah, I I think that this is pretty good in decks that like grant haste too. So again, like Dalikos, you play this immediately, uh, gets in there for uh, an extra combat, you know, um, so you don't really have to worry about equipping it again or anything like that. And um, that seemed pretty good to me. Uh, the other one that was like, seemed actually... Pretty good to me was um like stuff like that could equip it pretty easy. So like Grand Warlord Rada. That uh, is this the second or third? This is the second Rada, I think. <laughs> There's so many Radas now. Um, Grand Warlord Rada is a three-four haste for four, and you when it attacks, you get uh, any combination of red or green that persists over steps and phases until the end of your turn um, for each creature you control that attacked. So like. You can play this. You're probably giving your guys haste. Um, you get your combat. You can equip it to something else, kind of with, without really thinking about it. That one seemed pretty good to me. Or like a samut, where your uh, stuff has haste anyway. So stuff like that. So repeatable five mana extra combat spell um, where it does. It gives you the full value the turn you play it. That was another place I was thinking of playing in on top of the uh um equipment synergies and stuff. Yeah it seems um, good. Yeah. And with that, let me read off this next card. So this is Roar of Resistance. So this is a red enchantment. Um it costs two mana, so mana value of two, it costs one and a red. Uh it says creature tokens you control have haste. Whoa. It also says whenever one or more creatures attack, you may pay one and a red if you do, creatures attacking your opponents and or Planeswalkers um, and or Planeswalkers they control get plus 2 plus 0 until on a turn. So, finally, we've found something to spend that 2 red you get from Rada, air to Keld, in combat, you know. We finally, she got something. Uh, pack it up, everybody. Go home. <laughs> we found the card. Um, yeah, where do you want to play this card?
0: Um, so, the... Well, the one place that like sticks out to be most is like Hazazon Tamar, the original Hazazon, because um, Hazazon Tamar has this really unusual ETV trigger where Hazazon enters the battlefield and then you create a bunch of tokens at the beginning of your next upkeep. Uh, so those tokens have summon sickness on your next turn and you have to wait until two turns after you cast Hazazon to actually attack with your guys. So being able to cut a turn off of that would be really nice, and also just buff all the tokens plus two plus O oh, seems pretty strong as well. Um, I was thinking maybe also Ardaz, uh, Ardaz being the uh, one of the new commanders from Jumpstart 2022. Um, so Ardaz buffs your guys that entered the battlefield this turn. And so if you're making a bunch of tokens, uh, they'll get haste from Roar Resistance, they'll get buffed by Ardaz, and then you can pay some mana and give them a further buff. And so you're attacking for like a bunch of five power tokens, which seems pretty good. Um, That's kind of what I was thinking about with it. Um, Maybe you could also run it in like a... This might be a, a stretch, but maybe in like a Krenko... krenko mob boss deck because you can tap your krenko make a bunch of guys and then actually swing with the 10 tokens you just made or something that could be all right but that's kind of where i'm at with this card i really
1: don't have too many more opinions other than that i think you pretty much like nailed it (laughs) like i feel like this card is like self-explanatory where like if you really want to give the tokens haste you're gonna put this in your deck, um, so I think you've pretty much exhausted the the list of good good places for it. Which means that we only have one more card to talk about, um, and this is Volshock Factory. So this is an artifact. It's uh, three mana, so two and a red. Uh, Volshock Factory says tap, add red, put a charge counter on Volshock Factory. And then it says, uh, two red tap, sacrifice Volshock Factory, create an XX colorless golem artifact creature token with haste, where X is the number of charge counters on Volshock Factory, activate only as a sorcery. Yeah, I have a lot to say about this card that's not actually about the card, so I want you to talk about how you f- feel about it, what you think about it first.
0: Okay, um, so I don't love this card. Um, I think that I like it when there are designs for three mana artifacts that like give you a significant bonus to sort of subsidize the fact that you're playing a below rate rock. I don't think the bonus on this card is good enough. You have to like activate it a lot of times in a row to get the token to a respectable size. And even then, like even if you you know, tap your Volshock Factory four turns in a row, and make it a 4-4, it's just, it's just a 4-4. Like, you know, and you're not going to be cracking this unless you are desperate, but I don't think it's good enough to really help you out of a situation where you're, you know, mana flooded or something. Like, one four four or 5-5 is not going to make a difference. I, like the what I'm comparing this to are things like midnight clock. Um, I like midnight clock in comparison will draw you seven cards. Bullshock factory makes a vanilla dork. I, (laughs) I do not love this card. Um, Yeah. what What are your thoughts?
1: No, I, I, I totally see that. I, um, I don't think this card is particularly good. What I think about uh this card and what I I like about this card's existence is that it's um I think Wizards have realized a little bit more like the place that they have in guiding like the opinions of the format or like uh at least when it comes to play and what cards are being played. Um and it look this card is like misdirecting people from staple effects to me like i feel like people are going to see this they're going to be excited about the potential even if the potential is not there you know like i think you hit the nail on the head like this is just kind of like a bad mana rock with like a weird upside that most decks aren't going to care about um but the fact that they're redirecting people away from the two mana rocks for like a card that just offers more fun um is really interesting to me i think it's cool that they keep doing that And I hope that, like, they use their powers for good (laughs) in the future (laughs) to kind of show people that, like, it's okay to build something that's fun in Commander, as opposed to just like all mana rocks being completely obsolete because Arcane Signet exists and the Talismans exist, and you know. So, Mm -hmm. if they can keep misdirecting people, if just you, me, and the listeners all know that five color control and a combo finish is the best deck and we don't talk about it, like then I think we're okay. <laughs> you know, like like there's there's a lot of stupid stuff you can do in the format. And if people see a Volshock Factory and want to play it, then I think they're gonna have a better game than if they try to like optimize and uh and this is not necessarily for listeners. I think like if you're listening to this and uh you're you're thinking a lot more heavily about like how you build your decks. I'm talking about like the fabled like I play once a month or less with some friends um like person right who all of a sudden the pressure for them to try to compete is kind of off. um I think that's a good thing. That's really what I'm talking about here, not like a listener who can make their own choices on whether or not like Volshaw Factory is good for their deck, but like Joshmo, you know coming into target grabs the red white commander pre-con so that they can play with their friends. Like I think distracting people from what is the best uh, and replacing that with like what is fun and like putting things in people's faces can be a good thing sometimes. So I'm going to get off my soapbox now. Um, (laughs) How, how do you feel about this deck? Uh, And then I'll ask you another question after
0: that. Sure. Uh, Well, the thing that, stands out to me for this deck is that the value is extremely good yeah um this deck has flawless maneuver in it which uh you know shot up a a fair bit since it was originally printed it's no um god it's no fierce guardianship but it's it's currently it's still currently sitting at 22 dollars uh so that makes up the bulk of the deck's cost right there and then, in addition to that, you're also getting um, you're also getting a clever concealment, which itself has the potential to be a, a staple for like white aggro decks. Um, so, I think it's great that you can make up most of the deck's value just from those cards. Um, and I, I really like the face commander. I, I really like Naali. Uh, I think this is, and I also like seeing that they are experimenting with more white card draw in the form of um, Glimmer Lens and Staff of the Storyteller. So I am pretty happy with this deck. I think it kind of hits on all the things I really care about for a pre-con. I think it's very successful.
1: Yeah, no, I I agree with that. So my second question is, how do you feel about these decks? Like, in conjunction, like how do, how do you feel about the fact that they put these two decks as the two like faces for
0: the conflict in all will be one. Oh, I think it's embarrassing.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, like this, this deck or rather this set is supposed to be all about like Phyrexia kind of, um, triumphant showing like Phyrexia's complete domination of the plane. Uh, but, you would think that they would then juice the precon that is supposed to represent Phyrexia, mm-hmm. um, rather than making the Miran Rebels deck just like kick major ass and <laughs> l- like kind of spitting in the face of the people who want to win with poison counters. Um, yeah, <laughs> I yeah, I'm I'm not pleased with how there is such a huge disparity in. Uh, value and um, commander power level, and um, like, and how like useful and interesting the new cards are printed. Like by you know, pretty much every metric, the the Mirans kick the Frexians' ass, and that it it's certainly not a good match for what happened in the actual storyline
1: no yeah I, I totally agree with that i I didn't think about it in uh as bleak of terms as that I, I really just wish that they had put more value i feel like that would have done a lot for the phyrexian deck too like you're right like the whole point um i just read the um Morrow article talking about the design like the the beginning of design of all Will be one mm-hmm. and one of the key points was that like being a phyrexian is fun in this set like like it's fun to be a Phyrexian on Phyrexia. Like, this is a good thing. Uh and then the pre-con looks like this. <laughs> the precon has like a <laughs> bunch of like six six beaters and five five tramplers, and you're like, mm, mm-hmm. Why, though? Like what what was the point of this? So yeah, I, I do agree with that. I think you uh succinctly summed that up um in a way that like I wasn't thinking of as someone who uh embarrassingly was rooting for the murans, you know <laughs> when we were there last so but yeah I, yeah i'm i'm excited i have enjoyed the main set spoilers actually a, a crap ton so far yeah um uh, so I'm excited to get here. into those
0: yeah yes uh next week we're, we're going to be touching on the main set spoilers we're going to be splitting off the commanders from the main deck cards uh but keep an eye on your feed and we will be coming with more Phyrexia, all will be one content very soon. Um, but do you have any other final thoughts or can I wrap this episode up? No, let's wrap it up. All right. Uh, I want to give a brief thank you to our Patreon patrons. They are Gustav, Ryan, Addison, Rick, Raphael, Kyle, laser Charlotte, The White Clays, Hannah, Andy, James, Bryce, Benjamin, J- Kyle, Brandon, Kaidel, Jeremy, Russell, Dylan, Micah, Troy, Roxanne, Daniel, Andrew, Jason, Paul, Johan, Jonathan, Christian, Andrea, Vasilios, Logan, frugal Brutal, Carl, Oscar, Danny, B, Jean Francois. Drew, Recta, Nick, Cameron, Valerio, Kuzak, Quincy, Carrie, Stephen, DeLongs, and Vincent. Thank you all for supporting the show. And if you're not currently a Patreon patron, but would like to become one, please check us out at patreon.com slash commander theory. Thanks for listening. You can reach out to me on Twitter. I'm at commander theory. And
1: on Twitter, I am at fat Bartleby.
0: You can also email us at Commandertheory at gmail.com. Our theme song is Lincoln Continental by Nick Cage. You can check them out on SoundCloud.
1: And if you're interested in some other creative products I'm working on, I have a band you can check out. We are a pink punk pop punk band called the Have Nots, all one word like Cosmonauts. Uh, you can listen to all of our music for free right now. You can just head over to nots.bandcamp.com. That is T H E H A V N A U T S.bandcamp.com and check us out. Let me know what you think.